0: I am your father. This is a Brandon Colby
1: Jacobs from Facebook exclusive. And you'll see why
2: 1984 won't be like
1: 1984. Touche, my nigga. Touche.
0: Yeah, Lee fucks me up every time, man. My phone's going off and all that kind of shit. Terrible way to start off the very first episode of Established 1984. Greetings to all of my listeners. My name is Brandon Kobe Jacobs. A lot of you may know me as, uh, Brandon Kobe Jacobs from Facebook. Some of you who are a little bit older or a little bit more mature may know me as, uh, the resident boss hog, as it were. Or, um, some people may simply know me as, BrandonCobyJacobs.com, but whatever you know me as, I think everybody knows me to be the sort of person that speaks my mind, uh, has a lot to say. Um, I'm a writer. I'm a, I'm a poet, obviously, uh, you know, do a lot of, uh, public speaking, love community service. Um, a lot of people will know me as a member of Iota Phi Theta Fraternity Incorporated. So I am, I, I don't think that I'm unique in any real way. Beyond um, a willingness to be transparent. And what I want to do with this podcast, esta- this podcast, the established 1984 podcast, is kind of give you guys some insight into the things that I enjoy. Now, the things that I enjoy are a variety of things. Those things can be, you know, anything from books to uh movies to video games to pro wrestling um to just kind of entertainment or just kind of concepts about politics and social issues i i I pride myself on trying to be aware of what's going on in society in all different sorts of facets so i'm excited to talk to you guys about a variety of topics but obviously i think a lot of people who will initially come to listen, will be coming for some of the entertainment aspects. And on my first episode of Established 1984, um, you're going to get an opportunity to listen to one of the people that I have tremendous respect for from the music and entertainment industry. His name is Keith Kennedy. Keith is known for a variety of things, but one thing that he is mainly known for that everybody holds him in high regard for is uh, being the vice president of TJ's DJs. TJ's DJs was a record pool, they also did music. Conferences, And, um, we're going to sit down, uh, for, for about an hour or so and just talk about what it was like working with, uh, you know, uh, TJ Chapman, what it was like, um, building that empire and, um, what life's been like since, uh, parting ways, um you are just going to talk about a variety of things. I'm excited to talk to him. I haven't talked to him in some years because I've been out of the industry for a while, so I'm excited to bring this to you guys. You're going to get a variety of things. Make sure that you're following me all on, on all my social media. You can follow me on Snapchat at um, BKJEST1984, so that's at BKJEST1984, or you can go and follow me on uh, Instagram, Brandon Colby Jacobs, all one word, like a pimp name, slick back. Or you can hit me up on uh, on Facebook. All you got to do is type in my name, and you know everything's gonna come right up. I mean, hell, you could probably Google my whole name, and you know, luckily the jail shit won't come up as quick anymore because I got a lot of other stuff that I've been doing. So um, you know, uh, you can follow me on all of my social media. I do not have a Twitter. Um, I've just, it's been too much with the Twitter thing. (laughs) Those of you who know me know what I mean when I say just... Twitter has not been good for me. <laughs> so um, you can follow me on all those social media platforms. You can drop me a line at, at email at Kobe jacobs at gmail.com. That's the one that I'm using for the podcast. So Kobe jacobs at gmail.com. You can email me there with any questions, uh, any topics that you want discussed on the podcast. I'm excited to talk about anything that you guys want to talk about. So, without further ado, man, I don't want to waste you guys' time any longer. So, Let's listen to my interview with me and Keith Kennedy. Yo, what to do, what it is, man. It is your boy, Brandon Colby Jacobs, and I am actually doing my first, first episode of Established 1984 podcast. I'm very excited, man, because I have a, I have a friend, I have a mentor, someone that I've really admired for, God, probably about... 12 years I'd say now 2004-ish probably somewhere in there I mean he is a Jacksonville native at the time that I met him I met him well, I met him in Tallahassee Florida and um, I, I mean he just was uh he was so helpful to me in the early years of my uh my career in the industry and, and I'm so proud to have known him all of this time I'm proud of everything that he's accomplished Um, from, uh, being the co-host of Two Minute Warning, uh, he'll talk about, uh, you know, life working with, uh, TJ Chapman and TJ's DJs. He's the author of the money making manual mixtape. Uh, so we're, we're in the mixtape manual. Excuse me. Uh, problem solver, 24k consulting and motivational speaker. I have Keith Kennedy on the line. How you doing, Keith?
2: Man, I feel a lot better, man. I, I feel very impressed with
0: your research. <laughs> Facebook is an amazing thing, dude. <laughs> <coughs> All right. Yeah. Well,
2: actually, I'm feeling a professional here. All right, that's
0: cool. Take it to level. Hey, man, yeah. you, you, uh-uh. know the, you know I came out of you know I came out of radio before I came to y'all. I was uh I was carrying crates on Lou Boy, who we're probably gonna get to at some point in the in the interview, man. So that's you know. right? <laughs> so i i guess the biggest thing that, that that a lot of people don't understand about the music industry is they see a lot of lights and glamour and glitz and they see all these artists and things like that but i think a lot of people don't really have any kind of uh con- concept on what it takes in order to make everything run and that for all of the creative uh you know Uh, You know, people out front who are singers and dancers and things like that that they see on television, there are hundreds of thousands of people that are making those things happen behind the scenes. They're the ones executing the business deals. They're the ones making sure that the artist's lights stay on, that the band is paid for, um, that music gets broken, that records get worked, that DJs are doing their due diligence to move records, tracking BDS spins, all sorts of things. And, And Keith, you've really been a part of a lot of things as it relates to that, and we're going to get to all of that, but first, I, being a Duval native, I want to I want to talk to you a little bit about your, your upcoming, your upbringing, so tell the people a little bit about where you're from, like what side of town, what side of Duval you represent, because you know we all represent some side or another, and what life was like growing up in Jacksonville, Florida. Oh man, life in Jacksonville,
2: so I moved to Jacksonville when I was three years old. Uh, my father and my mother uh, met at the University of Tennessee. And uh, he wanted also, I uh, was doing his graduate work uh, after he graduated from Syracuse. Met my mother, moved down here to work at Jacksonville University. Um, and he was an upper bound counselor. Um, mm-hmm. That program went on for uh, one, like, almost 50 years. And they just defunded the program uh, as a side note. And talk oh, to man. the congressman and the mayor or whoever, make sure you talk to them about. Um, you know, financing our programs to help
0: educate our kids, man. And, Absolutely. Uh, that's a side note. Hundred percent. No, no I totally agree with you, man. That's that's something that that that, that my fraternity too talks about. And I know you're alpha and we'll get to that as well. Um, probably have okay. a good little conversation on that too. But um I mean, I I truly believe that that that, that we're in a, a very difficult time right now, a very challenging time where you know, with everything that's happened as it relates to the election and whatnot, you know, a lot of people uh, a lot of people aren't paying attention to what's going on on a local level and on a state level, and these programs uh-huh. like Upward Bound are, are, are tremendously important. Exactly. So the and uh, for those who
2: don't know, Upward Bound program is a program to help. Uh, I would say disadvantaged youth. I would say cast that like from first-generation college uh, parents, you know, right. uh, who, who whose kids are just not going to be the first generation to go to college. You know, those type of, uh, of kids will come through. It was the acclimation program. And what's good about it is that, you know, because sometimes, you know, there's certain curves when you take it to that next level that you're not good as a parent for and an upper bound was that, that mediator that helped them adjust properly to to college life. And you know, Absolutely. it was a great program. A lot of minority kids and upper-moving upper, uh, and upper, most, upper moving kids were a part of it. And, you know, coming up in that program it was good because my father, as you know, was an educator and my mother was smart as well. So through that, you know, I used to go
1: on road trips with college kids and I'm like, you know, a little G. You know? Right, right, right. Like, you know, I was super <laughs> freak was hot. You know, we used to go to the, the Walt Disney
2: World. You know, I used to go to computer labs for fun. You know what I mean? I used to read textbooks because, you know, college
1: textbooks at that because, you know, the books was laying around. Right. You know what I mean? So, Absolutely. you know, um that was in
2: the days before you had your smartphone and you was always on the
1: app. You know, you like, had yeah, to occupy your time while your father was working. Absolutely. So, you know, that's what I used to do. Right. I don't um, feel you. So I used to I grew up on Southside Arlington area. Okay. You know, um, Southside Boulevard right over there, uh, you know, Sandusky Avenue East, right around the,
2: the corner
1: from the
0: Walmart. Right. I, when know, when, when, there, when the Southside was still was still good yeah, and you know, when it was still good and wholesome. I, were yeah. they were they still uh were yeah. they still paying to come across the uh the Matthews Bridge back then? <laughs>
1: I used I, I used to stay on Argo Road. I used uh,
2: I used to stay on um how is on the Power along with the high school Wolfson High School. Yeah. You know, um shout out to the Wolfpack, you mm. know. Um but I, I I my upbringing was the type that, you know, every, don't get me wrong, every every family has a struggle, but for the most part, you know, I had a, a pretty decent childhood. Of course,
1: you know, there were some things that got me, but you know, we'll get to that. That's another conversation. Right, right, right. At the same time it allowed me to grow. And what was really about it was that
2: my parents recognized the fact that I, I saw the world a little differently. And I was very blessed in that regard. So my parents allowed me enough freedom to go out into the world and do my thing, but at the same time give me enough hope to let me know, hey, come back, you, you, you know, if you go too far. You know, so I, I had my first job when I was 14 years old. And before that, I was earning money. You know, at the lemonade stand, I was you know earning money
0: selling popsicles. I was one that it was a class selling candy. You, you was a I mean? hustler, like um, <laughs> like many true. of us who end up working behind the scenes. You were a hustler, so I, I, I totally I totally can relate to that because I was the one you know washing cars and, and I would take stuff. I had this. Uh, I had this like little red cart, man, and I would uh I would take all the, all right. the uh, cleaning supplies that my dad had—rags and you know liquid soap. You know, sometimes you wouldn't even use the liquid soap; you use dish detergent, and you just go around the neighborhood and be like, "Hey, yo, can I wash your car?" I'm sure dishwashing detergent or, or, or laundry detergent probably wasn't the way to go, but I was washing people cars and they paid for it, man. It was it's exactly.
2: it's and an if experience. It's a word, I'm gonna put some work in. Absolutely. You know. What I mean? so, you know. My mother, uh, my mother was the type to give us, man, I say us, I say me and my brother, things that we wanted. My right. mother was the one that gave us stuff that we needed. Even though they separated right. and they got divorced and they kind of got ugly there for a little bit. Right. You know, they always made sure that they knew that my brother and I always came first in their lives. And I, I love them for that death. you know, because not every kid was blessed like that, you know, right. so... Um, and I said all that to say that, you know, my mother used to give me these little handheld video games like Donkey Kong and you know, a bunch of other things. So kids used to see me on the bus like, yo, let me get a turn." And I "I cool, 25 cents. You
0: know what I mean? So um, <laughs> I would leave my husband in the back of the bus. Oh, my God. We you know? got
2: some in <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Or or what I would do is if they knew that I had the money, I was huge in the music. So we would trade on mixtapes. Okay. You know what I mean? Or something like that. You know, either way. That's what I was doing at coming up, and through that, you know, I got all types of education. From book, you know, high school, I was the first one to graduate from the business law and finance program. From my magnet school, the Wilson High School, Mm -hmm. you know, I went to Russia when uh, my second year of school. I went to Baltic states like uh, Estonia Lithuania, Belarus, then to Moscow, you know, St. Petersburg, and I don't mean near Tampa. I'm talking about Russia, St.
1: Petersburg, right, 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 right. You know, and it blew my mind just just being out on the road, getting my
2: passport stamp it blew my mind and allowed me to, to see the world for a larger place. And I, I want to say thank you to my grandmother who used to send me uh, National Geographic magazine and through that I used to see that the world is such a big and beautiful place, I want to see it all. Right. You know what I mean? I, I'm not trying to be stuck behind a desk my whole life. I feel and uh, during my internship with uh, I was in high school, uh, thank, thank you again Miss Force. I appreciate you putting me on to with the competitive program, that's how I was able to go on the road. That's uh, uh, Detroit, St. Louis, and you know, I was the
0: first one out of my class. Actually, I had the whole school that go national in the competition and come home with medals. You know what mean? Crazy, I mean? That's crazy. For man. Me it was heavy. And you got to keep <laughs> in mind, like this is this is the 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 early to mid '90s that that, that, that all of this right. is going on for you. So so this is amazing. Right. So I I you know from a music perspective, I gotta ask you because you brought it up that you would trade off mixtapes and things like that. When did you first get a love for music? Is there a first, uh, is there a first album that you, that you get, uh, that you're listening to? Like, is so, there something like that? So,
2: I crack jokes uh, with well, people around me, and they laugh at me sometimes. Not at me, because I, I don't tolerate that, but <laughs> laugh with me. And, you know, appreciate my, my idiosyncrasy. Right. Like my mind is a jukebox. Right. You know, it's like, I, have, I always have a soundtrack playing in my mind. Whenever I'm walking down the street, I, ha- I hear some type of soundtrack. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I have a theme song when I'm working. Or if I'm, I'm working on something, like, I have to have music to keep me focused. Right. And for me, you know, growing up, I, I really, uh, like, take this back to my parents. You know, my mother used to play Beethoven uh, and put headphones over her belly when I was inside of her. You know what I mean? Like, that used to calm me down, you know. Uh, but at the same time, my parents, uh, like I said, when they met, they were in college, like, graduate students. Right. So we used to have home parties all the time. So even before I could walk, I would be the one at the house party greeting
1: everybody that came into the house. You know what I mean? A little, right.
2: uh, you know, that, what do you call it? The, the, the automatic
1: rocker? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> before I could even walk. So music
2: has always been a part of me. Like, I can't do things or anything in life without music. And I felt like, you know, music has always been with me. It's always, to me, it's like breathing. Right. You know, I always have to have music playing once I'm working. Like, even when I'm, like, for me... If you mention certain records or certain uh, albums whatever, it takes me a flashback because that was my soundtrack for that time. Like, you know, the time that I used to have to cut, uh was like when my father wanted to build character with me. We used to have these shrubs that grew up to about 10 to 12 feet, and i that's no exaggeration. Like, and then he would say, hey, you know, I need to go out there and cut them. I'm like, hey, what about you? No, uh, I have to watch your brother. I'm like, oh, man, so he's going <laughs> to make a man out. Like, all right, see how that goes. So now I'm sitting here out here chopping all this wood, but... The songs that I was listening to at that time was Digital Underground, okay. Guns of the P. You know, um, I was listening to Ice-T, uh, Original Gangsters. You know what I mean? That's what I'm listening to as I'm chopping down wood. And even uh, since I grew up in, in a white school my first seven years, right. one time of Crash King Elementary, you know, I was exposed to rock music. So I used to listen to Metallica, Guns N' Roses, Yeah, so I used to love Megadeth covers. You know what I mean? Like the artwork was just
1: beautiful to me, even though it was kind of crazy, but it was beautiful to me. Right, right. You know, right. Oh, am, I allowed, am I allowed to cut? No, nah, nah, man, I, you I, good. I did Go ahead, good. man.
0: We all good. It's I all know. good.
2: Cool. You know, so I used to listen to all types of music. And then, you know, in the household, even when we we're cleaning the house, doing chores, you know, doing homework, my mother had jazz music playing. You know, that was the first thing listen to when we wake up in the morning on Sundays. You know, uh, my pops would turn on some jazz records. Uh, or turn on to some, um, you know, like neo-funk type cool stuff like the Crusaders, you know, or, you know, Earth, Wind & Fire, of course, Parliament, you know, when we want to turn it up, you know what I mean? Right. I, I was so exposed to so many different styles of music, I was blessed,
0: bro. See, and that, that's blessed, the amazing bro, things about you know? about black families, man, is just having that having that music, like music is a part of, of the very essence of, of black culture, and a lot of people don't understand that, man, like, because like, my life story, I mean... You know, it's very much so like that. I'm I'm probably like nine or ten around the, the mid nineties, you know what I'm saying? But even even with that, like my parents, you know, the Jackson five, Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, all, all that kind of stuff is what we were oh, listening to. Talk to, to and, the kid life you know what I mean? That was yeah. mandatory. Yeah. Uh, Michael
2: Jackson Thriller. I remember the album cover. i up <laughs> No, you
0: laid out like oh man that's, nah, you remember, you know, you remember that the, the, the one before that the jacksons when they had the, their like i think it was their last their last group album and they were all like it was you like know, a blue they, cover they, and they all of them yeah. were on the front and he had the one yeah. glove and everything it was big, listen listen man that was big news when they, they came
2: to jacksonville and performed the jackson five the victory tour yeah i remember that with <laughs> you know i mean the video was dope and they were doing the animation and the you know Yo, that was the advent of, of music videos. Like I grew up in, a, and I feel very blessed. I feel like Forrest Gump when it comes to music. And right. I feel like I was always in the right place at the right time to see these things grow and grow. You know what I mean? Like I was there for the '80s hair band rock music. You know, Def Def Leppard, Poison, Sugar. I mean, you know what I mean? Because in Jacksonville, and I don't know how far back you do. I graduated '95, so growing up, we didn't have a hip hop station. At mm-hmm. best, we had 95.1. You know, they played a lot of pop music. You know, like Millie Vanilli and you know uh, uh Rock Stewart and things like that so I wouldn't be exposed to that and then from there you know when I was working at Puffluck Golf Against my first job when I was 14 they loved me so much because I was there all the time like hey kid you want a job I'm like sure why not so right. I got paid to be there anyway so I was like cool <laughs> anyway so at night we had to close up the store but the only thing they were playing would be like you know uh office music like uh you know like uh the Bangles
1: and you know like you know stuff
2: like yeah there you go so, I was exposed to all types of music. So, then, you know, I was working with uh, college kids around the high school, you know, so I'm listening, around. I have chili peppers, and, you know, okay, cool. So, then, even on the hip hop side, when I first started getting into that, you know, crazy thing about it, I had a friend of mine, uh, his name is Chris Miller. I love him to death. You know, i like, ride a job forever, you know, Zuwa County with my dog. Right. So, I got stories for James with my dog. But anyway, he and I used to have such hip hop conversations. Like, Hey, man, you know, I'm on that Chris Gunn. I yeah, cool, man, Chris. I'll put him on, like, I was talking about Chris you He's talking about Wu-Tang. You know, and then while we're listening to Wu-Tang playing Mario Kart, you know, um, I was going to see Biggie on Rap City.
1: I'm like, yo,
2: who is this? You know, and I saw Juicy for the first
1: time, and I'm like, I want that in my life. <laughs> you know, like that, that's how it was. The most important and, question and, and, because you're
0: because you grew up in the in the mid nineties, the most important question that I have to ask you about growing up in the mid nineties, big year Tupac.
2: Uh-huh. It, it's not a am either or. You know,
0: Bias of East Coast, West Coast. Right. You so know, we love like, we
1: love them both equally. Everything. Right. Right. I, man, I listen to Biggie, and I could you know I told you Juicy was one of the most formative uh, songs in my my career in my life. Right. You know what I mean, like when I saw that for the first time, that video,
2: and and Juicy playing, like because I know the sample, like I I grew up with the sample, so when Bucky's right. doing all these sampling, these are records that I grew up with too. Right. You know what I mean, even though I'm a kid at the time, you know I have an old soul. And I see the parties, and the, I'm like, man, I want to, I want to be that when I grow up. And I think that might be the answer to your question. I, I know it kind of came around about it, but when did I really want to be and do music and love music like that? Like when I thought it was an actual possibility to see it as a career, I saw that video. I'm like, man, that's awesome. I, I want that in my life.
1: Yeah, man. You know, absolutely. So,
2: man, and, right. You know, so uh, so uh, with with Tupac. Every time you turn around, Tupac doing some dumb shit, you know, getting arrested getting (laughs) shot at, you know, like, you know, Paco Trump again, like, for real, come on, man, what do you do this time? But when we saw him doing his thing, like, it was, it was magical, like, watching Juice, I'm like, Juice. I mean, if that was not asking, Juice was was, that that was Tupac. He was Bishop, like, Like, I mean, damn that,
0: or either, or either he became Bishop after, after he did it, I mean, and you, um, what was the, what was the basketball movie that he was into? Um,
2: um, above the rim. Above the rim, the best yeah. Soundtrack never yep. uh, I put it on, but there with Boomerang You know, I was one of the best contracts ever. Yeah, because
0: Pain was and, on. Uh, uh, Pain was on Above the Rim soundtrack, right?
2: Check. Oh wait, wait, wait. This
0: is how far back I go. It was on the cassette, but not the CD. Oh snap! Oh shit,
2: man! I didn't know that. That's crazy. I was, I was so hot when I came home with the CD, and that song was not on there. And then I, I met my homeboy the freshman year. Well, the Red Mustang got a of my city one time. He put me on the Sugar Hill Gang. Anyway, while I'm sitting around, he had a cassette. And then I heard, it, I said, hey, that's
1: the record from the Real." How does that? Yeah, it's on the
0: cassette, but it's not on the CD. And I was like, man, ain't that some shit? Man, so. I about that. So you graduate from high school in 1995 at, at Wilson yeah. High School, and you move on to, yeah. to Florida State University. Now, I know you Don't graduated know. in 1999, right?
2: That's oh. correct With a degree in communication And a oh. minor in psychology and
0: business Okay Now you uh, During that period of time Obviously I want to talk about music influencing you But with us both being Greek I'm a member of Iota Phi Theta Fraternity Incorporated You're a member of Alpha Phi Alpha right. Fraternity Incorporated oh, shit. Now What was uh, What was uh, the Greek life environment like at Florida State University What made you decide to be an Alpha um, You know At Florida State University
2: right. So So with that I, I told you that, I come from a family of, of college people. My father uh, went to college, I think, he might have been one of the first, actually his, his generation was the first to go to college, because his sister went to college first, so she was a little bit older than him. So technically he wasn't the first, but he was the first generation of college kids. And my mother, basically was the same thing, she came out the hood, you know, love my mother to death, you know, that's why you can't cross it, because she's, she's really here at the end of the day,
1: but you right. can't say some quick shit, she's
2: going to let you know.
1: But you mm-hmm. educated at the same time, so she'll cut you,
2: but then say some slick shit to you at the same time, like, damn, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Right. You know, like, <laughs> like didn't really like that. But anyway, that been, um, so i say all that to say that, um, when, uh, the Greek life happened, I didn't really have any understanding of what Greek life was. You know, even in high school, you know, uh, it was a thing. Oh, when you you're going to turn, you're going to Greek this, you're going to be that Greek, you're going to be this Greek. And I, I always abstained from those conversations because I had no idea what they
1: meant. So mm-hmm. I was like, all right, cool. So I, I
2: um, remember I told you about the h program,
1: right? Right. Well, there was a program that I was involved
2: with in Jacksonville that pretty much did the same thing. It's called the Fame Project. And what it was was if you were a junior in high school and you're examining the grades and you had X-Critic activities, you go be a part of this program, and then you would go to Florida State and stay for the weekend uh, going into
1: your senior year. So you can see what it's like being on college and being like, right. college. Right, 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 I'm right, like, right. shit. For real. And what I have to do is just go be a part of this program, show up once
2: a week, and, you know, tell them, you know, whatever. So, cool. I do that. And I all have put you know, on the SAT prep and the whole nine. So, I, uh, I was a part of the program. I, I earned my way to go to, stay that weekend. And right. that weekend, and it's another school weekend, I, I, I remember Aaliyah. That was
1: when Aaliyah first dropped. Oh, okay. That, that summer. Okay. So, I went to the,
2: uh, the, the, the flea market. And that's how I met DJ Boy. Okay. was bootlegging uh, uh cassette at the time who later became part of the, the record pool and made a gang of money uh selling uh music overseas and all that and ended up having to do some some time for doing the same thing dirty, but that's right. another story out, love my man can keep him doing the thing. Anyway. So during that program, um I had met Wayne Mess Wayne Messel, who happened to be an alpha but was also one of the counselor, like he was my personal counselor.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: I was like, "Damn, yeah, this dude's cool as hell, man and you know, kind of find out he would play ball, so he was number 89 for Florida State. And at the time, the reason, one of the main reasons I chose Florida State, truth be told,
1: I love the football program. And, you know, hey, man, we, was, all, we all love, we know, all going love going schools on, like, like that. Yeah. the truth, man. And I wanted to go to a school that was close enough to Jacksonville, so I, if I had to go back home, I could. Right. But
2: I also wanted to be a far enough way for me to live my life, you know. so And Florida State was right down the street, and it still, you know, followed my criteria, and it had a great football team, okay. you know. And uh, another side note to the side note: What they asked asking in orientation? Do you have any questions? I said, No, nah, I don't. I
1: know all my classes. I'll figure that out. Well, how do
0: I get my football pitch? <laughs> well, you are a huge football <laughs> fan. You, you're one of the few people I know that is extremely dedicated to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Where that, that was yes, never something yes, that no, I could no. find myself yes. the capacity yes, to that's do.
2: Yeah. Right, 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 right. We did right, right, right. It, like to demonstrate, finally. So maybe it's a good luck like, charm, and you know we'll turn things around start the next season. Definitely. Uh, I've I, I, I digressed so many times off the point, but uh, going back to your original question. So, for me, you know, uh, Wayne Mascom showed me the ropes when I got there, and I just thought that that was really big in him because, you know, like I said, junior to high school, and you idolize Florida State, and now you see cats that like you were you, you watching score touchdowns at a game on TV. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And now here's the, the out for you. I thought... And being a big brother, this is the first time I ever felt like I had somebody looking at me. I thought it was kind of cool. Right. This is what it feels like being a little brother. Right. So then, you know, fast forward, you know, I go through my senior high school, which is the truth. I had a great time. You know, I tell you stories about that sometimes. Okay. And then, um, including the time I built Adventure Landing, I, I was actually out there with the first part of uh, Pirate Crew. Oh, okay. And, uh, okay. Oh, uh, and I helped build the water park. I was actually in a Bobcat with moving the men around and the whole nine those dope. Shit,
0: man, but, uh, you just did a little bit everything.
2: <laughs> have to, man. How are you gonna know what you wanna do in life if you don't try things? Right, absolutely. I totally so, agree. Right. So uh for so then I graduate, come to Florida State, and then I'm walking around campus and then Wayne actually recognizes me in the union and says, so, Hey Q, man, how you doing? I'm like, Oh, this is cool as fuck, man. I always thought that I was digging him to reach out because he didn't have to go out of his way to make right. sure I was straight, you know what I mean, even after the program, so, since then, you know, I found out that he was an alpha, and then, um, well, my freshman year, you know, fresh at Florida State, I, uh, what school did you go to, Brandon?
0: Well, I kind of bounced all over the places. I'm sure you know, uh, did a little bit of community college, uh, did a cup of coffee at Florida A&M, finished from the University of okay. North Florida. All right,
1: so, at Florida State,
2: you know, I, I, I come from uh, the, the era where, there were only so many of us at Florida State. But there was enough of us to feel comfortable, but at the same time, to know
0: that we were still somewhat, uh, our numbers weren't as strong as others. Does that make sense? Right, right. No, I, I've, I've obviously been on, uh, on FSU's campus, so I'm familiar with the climate, like what you're talking
2: about. Right, right. But all of us were cool. Like, we, we all had, like, our own network and all that. So as we progressed, you know, I saw cats that I came in with are now turning into alphas. I'm like, damn, I was, that was my, my next little roommate freshman year. You know what I mean? Well, I was in that cast program. We were in the same program together. And everybody started
1: doing Greek class, So I realized, what the hell? If they could do it, I could do it. Right. And, you know, all right, cool. Something cool to try out. So then I uh, went to an interest meeting. And they said, hey, if you want to be an alpha, come to this meeting. Well, not really. You know you know how it goes. Yeah, right, 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 right. It's you know, on you know, to make the so, move. <laughs> um, right, 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 right. You know, so. Uh, I talked to a couple of cats that I really knew that they me to the
2: game on how to, you know, how to uh, show my interest right. and learn more about the organization and realize that the opposite to me was best fit for me, you know. Okay. First of all, service of all, you know, we shall transcend, though. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. And plus with the first. Uh, plus was a bunch of brothers that were in the same kind of situation where a minority and the majority population, and, you know, they start together and did some great things together. Plus, I recognized some of the alumni and, and frat brothers and, and, and previous chapters like Martin Luther King and Jesse Owens and Thurgood Marshall. Mm-hmm. You know, all cats that I highly respected coming up. So I was like, all right, cool. I tried out. And then, uh, as I was going through the process, I realized that it was something I truly wanted to do. And I, I came up across all 98 with 15 of those. I'll say... Lifetime friends, believe it or not. And it, it tripped me out. And we had a plus one, too. You know, our, our life history is a little different than most. But we had 15 plus one. And I love them all to death. And, you know, I, I personally feel like I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't go through that process.
1: Right. But
2: the funny thing about all of that was I did it late in my career because of the way it worked out. So I didn't really cross till like, my senior year, technically. Right. You know, but through all of that, I was already working
1: in the music industry. Okay. So, for me, I was working, and, like, one of the rules was, you can't go out, you can't listen to music, and I'm like, oh, uh, oh I'm I gotta to do my work. job, uh, bro. I don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, I they had, like, the Fuck you,
1: cap dog! dog. <laughs> I, was <allowed> listen, <laughs> I, I was allowed to
2: listen to music at work, but just not when I
0: was out, you know, earning my stripes. Oh, yeah. man, they did they, like, I swear to God, that pleasure shit, it, it can be so <laughs> fucking over dramatic. It's like, are you serious right now, like? Man, I can't walk on the grass. What the hell is going on around yeah. right?
2: here, man? That's the quickest way Play. to school. <laughs> like, right?
0: Yeah. So, yeah,
2: so even
1: though I wasn't supposed to listen to music right then, that soundtrack to me was Jay Z. You know, that was when Big Pimpin' uh, right. came out just a little before, a little after that. Was
0: it Hard that, Knock that Life over, Volume One? Uh,
2: is that Volume Hard Life. Hard Life came out, and I said, "Oh my god, what the fuck? Right. Jay is
0: amazing." Yeah, I mean, was like, was like, I mean, there were so, so many hits off, off of that, off, that, off and, of that album, man.
2: And you know, Clem and I and man, so I
0: just yeah, that was that was a great time. So tell me, so tell me a little bit about your your start in the industry. I mean, how do we how do we get from what whatever it was you're doing you were doing while you were in undergrad uh, to TJs DJs? Like, what is that process? What's that? Right. What are those steps to that? So,
2: so before I answer that question, I, I must ask you: Do you believe in divine intervention and you know a divine pathway or? You know, like
0: you're, you're dedicated towards a certain way. Right. Like no, no, power. I, 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 I agree. I believe in that a hundred percent, mainly because you, you've met Roger. I mean, you know, Roger, right? Yeah. I'm my bi- my former business partner yeah. in New Blood. That's my thing, man. There is that's no a- way on earth that Roger and I would cross paths, build a relationship that is now, you know, a 12 year, 12, 13 year friendship um if there wasn't such a thing as divine intervention you know what i mean because right. we we come from two totally different worlds so i totally agree with that yeah all
2: right so in my journey i have come to understand that everything truly does happen for a reason and i feel like if you're on a certain path you know you will walk it and you will find certain you know pivot points. Mm-hmm. but at some point or another you will find your way back on that path right Does that make sense yeah absolutely and I found out that once I dedicated and I found out what I really wanted to do in life, I put it out in the universe, and the universe created that path for me. Mm-hmm. And the way it happened for me was that uh, after freshman year, you know, like I said, I came from a very regimented, you know, schooling, you know, so, you know, I would be at school from this time to this time. I would be in this activity from this time to this time. You know, I would do homework from this time to this time. I would do, you know, go to work from this time to this time. And, you know what I mean? Like, for me, it was like my life was very regimented, and I liked it, and it made me very, you know, uh, busy, and when I'm busy, then I'm doing I'm very, being very productive, so, but I got to college, and I looked around, and said, hold on, 15 hours? Right. That's all I have to go to school for? For
1: real?
2: Jesus. <laughs> 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 like, so I, I, I explored everything I could possibly do freshman year, I, you know, I always say that I was, like, pissy drunk and all that, you know, I've had my fair share of time, I was later in the life, mm-hmm. but... You know, for the most part, I just enjoyed being a college student for the first time. And, you know, I took time to find myself and enjoy in that. But the problem was that uh, in high school, I didn't really have to study. So, I got to college. I didn't think I really had to. Right. So, my grades kind of were, like, okay and not what they should have been.
0: Right. You You and me both. You and me both. Right. So, my first semester, I ended up with a
2: 2.45 GPA coming from, you know, 3.2, 3.4. You know what I mean? In high school, like, that was nothing. So I said, okay, game over. Right, and I, was, I had a great time my first semester, now it's time to get back to the room. So I busted my child, second semester, came out clean. And then by the time my second year rolled around, I was really trying to figure out what I wanted to do in my life. I said, all right, something is coming up, now it's time for me to pick a track. You know, because that's what college is really about, finding your track, finding your voice, finding what you do. So uh, my second year, I was like, all right, I, what do I want to do? You know, I love music, obviously. You know, even my freshman year, uh, I was, you know, working with DJs and walking around and listening to music. I was always that person that always had the most music, you right. know? So, right. um, I figured, well, damn, that's cool, but how can I make money from it? I mean, can I, really, like, can I, you know I'm saying? Well, shit, look at Puzzle, Puzzle did it. You right. know, let me go ahead and do it. There's a way to monetize you know, this monetize shit, it, so. So. Right, it has got to be, you know, I thought back to the Juicy video. So, I said, all right. So, I went to uh, class one day, and believe it or not, you know, I went to class more times than not, but there was a time, like with most students, like, yeah, I like it, you know, I don't feel like you know, anything. But today, I actually went, and this guy gave a speech, it was a speech class, about the music industry and how he was an artist and his trials and tribulations with it. My man was Cool V.
1: Okay.
2: And, and down, down in class, Cool V on the street. And, he, and I went to him, I said, man, listen, you know, I, I, I hear your story, and it was dope, man. And, you know, there was some highs and lows and all that, but you know anybody in town that actually does good business? You know, I would love to, I can, you know, sit down with him, maybe, you know, figure out some things go, and, and, you know, work with him. So it's a I man's funny, you should ask, man, I know this one dude, he's looking for an internship at a record pool. Said, man, what's a record pool? Well, look, I, I think you tell him, he'll tell you. So give him a call, he's looking for an intern. So I'm like, cool. So then I call him up and say, hey, you know, my name's T. Said, yeah, 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 so uh, my name's T.J., you know, um, I said, I hear that you're looking for an intern, is that true? So yeah, man, why don't you come meet me um, over at the office? So I said, cool. And you know, me, I come from a business background. Like I said, I graduated business law, finance, you know, Mr. Decker, you know, all day, every day. So, right. I had a business directly. Right. And he's like, nah, man, shit, just come on over, man, Street." straight. I like cool. So, I come over, you know, and no resume, no suit top. but the first thing I notice when I walk in the door is it's a two-bedroom townhouse with a narrow doorway that opens up into the living room, right? Mm-hmm. So, when I first walk in, the empty boxes to the left and on the right. There's a wooden shelving with nothing but vinyl records in it, mm-hmm. and I said, "Wow, this is cool. I haven't seen as many records as my father's collecting. My father had an extensive collection, like I told you, you, know, music is. So, and I went through. I was like, man, all these different records. And I noticed all the different tags had DJ names on them: DJ's, uh, Dill, DJ Tim, DJ Dap, uh, DJ Mega Ace, DJ Lil Jon, DJ you know Smurf. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, these are cool. Some names I recognized. From our covers, like Lil Job, DJ Lil Job. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen songs uh, from DJ at the Moon, you know, DJ Del. Mm-hmm. You know, some that, you know, uh, 90.5 of the time, DJ Dell. And, you know, people out in the streets, Daxwell and whatever, right? right? I'm like, damn, all right, this is cool. So then I sit down on the couch, you know, we start chopping up. And, you know, he said, hey, excuse me real quick. And I, I said, yeah, we start. He you smoke? And I said, no, I don't, man, but shit, it's still free. You know? So then he opens up, most of the bowl in front of me, and we start having a chop-it-up conversation. I'm like, what's shit? All right, I like this environment already. You know? So um, I see he has a gold plaque on the wall from Social Death, um, volume one or two. And I remember, because I bought that album, that's the one with my boo on it. That's something one that came back that song before I crushed it. Right. And I have another personal story on that record, too. I was, you know thinking about that one. But mm-hmm. another story. Um Anyway, so I, uh, you know, I top it up and tell them what a record pool is. They tell me basically what a record pool is, is a collection of DJs that get their music from a centralized location that the record, the record label sent to in exchange for information from the DJs. So the record pool serves as a middleman, and the DJs benefit because they, don't, they can pay one spot rate and get a bunch of different records that they would normally pay 4 or $5 each on. Right. Um, or, you know, in exchange, all they got to do is give up the information. Like, hey, this record was shit, this record was terrible. You know, I played this record with this, you know what I mean? But in the form of feedback on the chart.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The record labels are happy because now they know uh, a better understanding of which direction the records are. Is it a good record, is it a bad record, should put money behind the record or not? You know, and that's what it was for. So that way it's a cost-saving measure at the end of the day.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's what a record pool essentially is. Okay. So I'm like, cool. He said, would you like to be an intern? And what, and I was like, hey, why not? You know, that's what I'm trying to kill. Why not? You know, it's something to get my way in and you know, I learned that
0: Puffy went. I was an intern, so I was like, well, shit, I should be an intern, <laughs> and now, that's how it began. Oh, it man, oh, how it will begin, oh, how it will begin, so, you, you, you begin as an intern with TJ's DJs, and, I mean, obviously, sure. I, I've, I've been blessed to have the experience to have, uh, have worked and interned through, I think, um, how many did I do for you guys? Probably four, maybe it was, maybe, it was either three oh, or four. You
2: know, like, yeah 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 yeah. yeah, 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 Okay, you, we got me to build to that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and build to that.
2: All right. So I'm working as an intern at TJ's DJ Now, this is TJ's DJ's at this time. First off, TJ has a bald head and glasses.
0: You lying? I don't believe that.
2: <laughs> I kid you not, ball head glasses. You know, and he did uh, side work working computers um, for the state.
0: Now that I believe like because I knew I knew he was a, I knew yeah. he was a tech nerd. Yeah.
2: Right. So technology and computers is always easy to him. Right. Alright? And so with me, my job was again there's a two bedroom townhouse. One of the rooms is his personal residence and then another one is where his son stays whenever he comes to town. So his bed is there, but also where the the office desk is. But so I used to make phone calls, calling record labels, pretending like we're this big record pool sitting on the son's bed in a tight two bedroom townhouse. Tell <laughs> so, the chat Suite A instead of apartment A. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that. Right. You know, but he always told me that if you project it, then people will believe it. Right. I said, all right. Well, all right. But I guess I did learn my first lesson. So, you know, that's what I did. So I projected it, you know, and I was so happy when I called record labels and get them a service record, you know, I was so happy I accidentally actually ordered Records by the state one time, and <laughs> they're <still our assignment. laughs> I no, man. We're not supposed to pay for records. We're just free. Right. <laughs> oh, man.
1: You
2: know, one thing I had to learn. But, right. you know, uh, our responsibility was to accept the information from the DJ, create a math chart, uh, and make a one chart called the Gainers, which were the top 15 records that moved the most. They mm-hmm. saw, like, if they went from number five one week to number one that, the next week, then that's four points to earn. And then the top 15, are uh, however many points, won. You know what I'm saying?
1: Right, I got you.
2: And, and depending on it. So, number one would be the one that moved 15 points that next week, and number two would be 14 points. So, cool. Anyway. Right. And then, also, I'll make a battle chart top 50. And my job every week was to send this out to the record label. Um, and through that, I used to get in good with all of the record labels because I'll be the point contact. So, I got in good with all the pro- the promo people that, you know, started becoming now executives. Mm-hmm. You know? Um. So then, with the, with the DJs, I'll get in good with the DJs because I'll be the one that comes to you for extra records. Hey, Keith, man, like this whatever, whatever. Hey, Keith, man, you got this extra whatever, whatever. Hey, man, my shit got stolen, man. Keith, you got this extra whatever, whatever. And I'll be that one, you know what I mean, to make sure everybody got straight. Mm-hmm. Then I'll be the one that pack up the boxes and send them out to the other DJs that are out of town. That's how I got in good with Lil Jon. DJ Smurf and moved on to Yang Yang Twins and Kylie Park and all that. Exactly. You know, not to mention the DJ and producer in his own right. Um, you know, DJ and is, is yeah, I've had a TV cover, DJ Smurf, uh uh itchy, but um, <laughs> so, uh, anyway, but that's how I got to with all these cats that turn into legends. So, um, but what really hooked me was I'm there maybe a day or two and then Vaughn
1: walks in. Vaughn, I don't know if you're aware or not, but he basically is the one who runs the moon. Oh, okay. And the yeah,
0: moon yeah, yeah. At the kind of
2: still is is the crown jewel of club life in Tallahassee. Story.
0: Absolutely, hundred percent. If you come
2: to Tallahassee, you will have a moon story or two. I mean, there's no way around it.
0: Yeah, you know, I, America, I've, I've got and mine, and it, it is uh, it is yeah. uh, homecoming 2004. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: everybody that comes to Tallahassee has a moon story, yeah. and I'll be proud to say, uh, for we establish a lot of those moon stories without a but But. Um, with, with that that that's that for but let me get back to the presentile mm-hmm. story. So, um with me, um Vaughn walks in and he's like, Hey, you know, uh TJ's like Keith, this is Keith, you know, he's working with me now, he's intern, you know. Uh I say Vaughn, nice to meet you, whatever, whatever, and that was when he was mega agent doing production work and DJing and mm-hmm. DJ Ace and the whole not So, um, when he left, you know, I was like, Okay, cool So then Later on that Wednesday, the, the following Wednesday, you know, going to the moon on Wednesday is the thing to do. That's one of the college parties when it was an actual college party.
1: Right. You know,
2: you had to have a college idea to get in there. Right. So, when I, I, as I'm walking in, you know, I just say, hey, uh, with my homeboy Andrew from Brooklyn. I say, hey, true, man. Uh, this is my, my man, Vaughn. I just met him the other day. I just want to say hello to him real quick before we go down a lot. So, I was like, hey, we start walking over. I like, hey, kid, come on inside. He opens the gate for me. And I
1: said, oh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> you know,
2: my man Drew got in a cup free that night and ever since then I was off and running mm-hmm. I was like okay I think I found what I need to be doing
1: Right.
2: but the thing that really stuck me the one that, that you know I drank the Kool-Aid and I've been rocking with ever since because of was Miami Impact mm-hmm. oh my gosh that was that was spring 98 ish that was when uh, they had the Hard night Light Store and with uh, DMX
0: Daru, right, right. Um, I remember that. I went, I went as a yeah. freshman in high school when it came to Jacksonville.
2: Right. Right. Well, that tour, the last stop was in Miami for Impact Music Conference. Mm-hmm. Impact Music Conference set me on my way. He took me to our first music conference, and I and was really my first time being in Miami, and we had such a great time while learning and still being able to function and handle business and Oh, man, it was a whirlwind, you know? You ever seen, like, uh, those movies where the, the, the main character goes into the, the whirlwind and it turns around
1: starts spinning and the whole room is spinning around and they're just, like, so happy? Yeah. That's how I felt. Like, everyone went, <laughs>
2: there was somebody I recognized. Like, oh, shit, that's DMX, That's breakfast. DMX. You know what like, What's up, dog? I'm like, oh, man, this is awesome. You know, I'm walking uh, down, I see little job. Oh, bro, what's good, man? I'm the one that has your record. Boom, boom, boom. Hey, what's up, bro? blah, blah, blah. You know? When the uh, Prince Paul, you know what I mean like, Oh my gosh, Prince Paul, man, you're one of the best of this
1: ever. You What's still that, you're man? still super passionate
0: <laughs> at this point, like this You, <laughs> like, I, you
1: like, haven't this become JD yet. You know, like just, <laughs> with my head cut off. And this is what Troy
2: just dropped. Right. You know, this is no more playing just dropped. So now was fire in the street. You know? And then I'm just running around like, Man, this is amazing. You mean I could do this as a lifestyle? for my, for life? Yeah, I
0: can do this I could do this oh, as man. a career. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yes, and I was hooked after that, man. I met J Z that weekend. That was the first time I met Jay Z. You know? Gotta tell that story real quick? <laughs> no, uh, I actually no, we actually gotta
0: we actually gotta keep moving. I want you to talk about how do how do uh, you guys okay. get to T J's DJs? How how does that happen right. where you decide that you're gonna do do the music conference piece? Like what where, where does that all sync all right. up? So so since I know we run up a lot of
2: time on background story and all that, and forgive me. Oh,
0: don't worry. We're going to do this again. We're going to do this again another time. And we're going to get all, right. all of that in, too.
2: So, all right. So I'll give you the truncated version real quick. So the conferences came about because, and this is what I feel, when we started going to music conferences like Impact, we realized that music industry conferences are a great way for you to network, be able to find out what's the next thing popping, and you'd be able to really you know, have everybody in one particular room so you just where you cut
1: your deals for the year. Right. You know? And it's because at that time, this was before,
2: you know, we just uh, face chat people and drop Yeah, digital, digital
0: hasn't become
1: you what know? it is yet. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Right. So the only way you got good with people was was, was on the phone, you know, you taught them how to be superior. You
1: right. know?
2: And then on top of that, and I'm not talking about you like you just had to cool, like you had to have your business on the phone. Like that's the only way that people will fuck with you just by the tone of your voice and how you handle shit. You mm-hmm. know? And then, they met you in person at a music conference then you locked in for life that was always our motto so you know, the music conference was doing well and then fast forward the music conferences really stopped going for impact um uh, but at the same time our game was getting stronger uh in the music industry you know at this point we were uh one of the pioneers of the record pool and at the time record pools have such pool that if you did a record pool then, you know, you were the shit. And at the time when we first came in, when I first came in, we were like young bucks to the old heads of direct pool.
1: Right. But by
2: the time, you know, the, the, uh, 2000s hit, like the late 90s, early 2000s, we became, oh, we became, we grew in our own right. Right. So then we became leader of the community. And mainly because, and, and I'll give TJ all the credit in the world, he had a lot of foresight and vision with technology. So, like, we were one of the first people to do MP3s for DJs. Mm-hmm. You know, we were the first ones to do CDs for DJs, and they laughed us out of the park for, you know, doing these type of innovations. But we told them, like, listen, first off, if you don't change with technology, you're going to die, you'd be like a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Second, in Florida, you don't play vinyl in strip clubs, and strip clubs how you play music. Right. You know, and then uh, in order to put them on CD, we would have to do the MP3. So this was the technology age, this part started cresting. You know, the record industry really didn't know how to adapt to it, but we were one of the first ones to do that. Right. So as a result of that, we became more more powerful. I and mean, then because of we were, uh, the, how quickly we were able to turn records around, now all of a sudden records that were telling people are going to the shit become the shit.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So now we're starting to get more traction and, you know, independent records would come holler at us to get the records heard. You know, uh, Matthew P. wouldn't have a program until he came to holler at us. You know what I mean? Like, it was, it was, you know, started moving up the stats and, and or as David was saying, and tasting and weight.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, um, when, the, when the conference came about, because we had uh, branched off and wanted to start our own record store and record label as well as a studio called Wild Style mm-hmm. and with Wild Style, we moved TJC days in the same building and Wild Style became Blessed of Total Chaos you know that's how we launched our, our artists and uh, for whatever reason for another story because I know we're trying to keep track on mm-hmm.
1: uh
2: it didn't work out and you know the, the label ended up going its own separate ways but because of that then we had to focus on the record store and the studio and the record store was one of the first record stores in the whole area that was south came. Through that, we gained a lot of political pressure.
1: Right. And
2: uh, we became basically the one to go to for the industry throughout this whole region. Right. And I, we kept that into political contacts, and now we're moving up in the world. That's how I ended up going to the DT Awards, the first D. T. award out in Vegas right. because of the other store. Okay. Um, so the store started popping and started, started going well. So now we're getting all the traction from different record labels and through the industry because of the promo work that we're doing. So then, because of all that, we're starting to catch, like, well, damn, why don't we start doing a conference? And we started, we did the first one over at FAMU, called the Urban Music
0: Conference. We had Lil Jon come to speak. We had Tony Mercedes special of a Grammy. And what year was this?
2: Um, We had, uh, this was 2000.
1: Okay, okay.
2: The year 2000. That was Sherry and Anita, myself, TJ, and one other person please forgive me if you're listening but you know it was a little while ago so we put together a music conference at famu and famu is a great school and i'm very proud
1: of all the rappers that come through the organization damn right but when it
2: comes to <laughs> how things go down business-wise let's just say that it, you have to cross a lot of red tape in order for it to go down correctly and even then sometimes yeah. you have issues
0: yeah fam can be a little challenging is that, is
2: that, <laughs> is that fair Huh?
0: Is that fair?
2: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, that's okay. a fair statement. It, so can, because it can be a little that, Right. So we realized that we can't do it at a school. We have to do it in a place that is a lot more conducive to our way of life, our culture, in terms of music, and a way for us to control the crowd. So mm-hmm. then we're like, all ah, right, cool. So then that's when we go back to our roots with the moon, partner up with the moon that provides the venue, and we said, all right, cool. So now we're going to start doing an event where we won Reduce a lot of the beefs that were happening in the area because everybody was griping about undercutting DJs and, you know, this person disrespected me this and, you know, I'm going to see in the streets bad. You know, we're like, all right, cool. Well, let's get everybody in the room
1: and hammer out these
2: issues because we had that type of pool because everybody fucked with us because of all the different bases that we touched. Yeah.
1: You know? Right.
2: So because of that, we're like, all right, we're going to have this one record pool meeting, in how because there was a, a mandate from the record pool coalition that we were in at the time that everybody had to do a record pool meeting. So we're like, "All right, cool. So we'll set ours up and this is how we'll do it. So then we had all the DJs there. We had promoters, you know, artists, because they all wanted to talk to the DJs. And then we had, um, you know, everybody, the, the crazy thing is, the first one, everybody could take a picture in. And I was, so I hope CJ still has that picture somewhere. <laughs> but everybody just took a picture of it, you know, and it was cool. And it worked out well. You know, we got a lot of things uh, established and handled. And then we're like, well, let's do it again. So then we're like, all right, cool, but we wanted to do it separated enough so we could build up, but then, you know, so it doesn't really stack up on each other, so we started doing recording.
1: Mm-hmm. And the one
2: after that, you know, Big gift came, t- t- told us the secret behind the music industry was, was God, Gold, Oil, and Drew. <laughs> I love you, I love you, yeah. You know? Oh, uh, man. So Big Gift came to speak, and that, to me, that was dope because I was a huge Goody Mob fan. Right. You know, that was the year that... um my man David Banner had a big red Mississippi jacket on, you know, and was driving out of his truck and doing production up and down the road. It's so it's so you know funny I mean? that you and, that
0: you bring up David because the first time that I meet David is in your office. <laughs> yeah, he's and he's and he's such a character. Like like a lot of people don't know how how fucking playful and joke like a jokester he is because literally um, like because I was still. I was still a novice in the industry when you were like, Hey, I, we like, I, I don't even remember exactly how we met. It probably was through Roger. Um, because Roger uh, was annoyingly, you know, aggressive when it came to trying to get you guys' attention and stuff like that. So I'm almost certain that Patrick. that's how it was. Don't yeah. Don't yeah. Well, Pat was, Pat was a little bit later. Like, bro, we met Pat. Right. Pat comes probably like, a, like a year and a half later, but. What I what I specifically remember, and I will never forget this, is that the first time that I met David Banner, he scared me because he was standing behind the door when you told me to come in, and I walk in the door, and then he pushes the door <laughs> closed, scares the shit out of me, man. Like, <laughs> but that's this is the type of dude he was. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Because, because you know, like I didn't even totally know who he was. And you know, like, uh, right. like, so th- that was my, that was my interaction with, with David. So I can totally attest to he is, he's a great person, full of energy, uh-huh. you know, a wild, wild uh-huh. personality. I'll, I'll say it like that, you know, for all of the intellectual stuff that he is now, when you, when you see yeah. him all over the place, he is, he a wild nigga. Like, you know. No.
2: I think the best way
0: to describe him is an intellectual gangster. Yes, yes. Like, <laughs> yes, absolutely. hundred <laughs> percent. So, so, I the, love <laughs> so the record So, right, so let me start scoring. Okay. Yeah, so, so but those
2: those type of stories that we have from the
1: conferences. So that, you have that story. Now everybody has a story. That was the first time they met T.I. That was the first time they met Young Jeezy. Right, that was right, right. the first time they met, you know you know, bone crush or whatever. That was the first time been, you know, I mean, Now, all of a sudden, it's becoming, you know, mythical. Like, oh, shit, if I go to TJT, TJ, day I'll be a star. Right. So then, because of that,
2: now, all of a sudden, our, our stature, once again, started growing, and it got to a point where it became so large that we had to partner with Ozone Magazine, who's basically what we did in print, you know, and we partnered with them and created the Ozone Magazine, uh, the T.O.A., excuse me, the Tate Maker Only Awards. And what it was was that um, we took over Orlando the first year, then Miami the second year, and Houston the third year. And MTV Family Networks broadcasted, MTV2, MTV Jams, MTV Euro, you know, anything MTV-related channels, they ran it. You know, and our our stats was out out of control. But, you know, as as some things go, it just got a little too hot. You know, the partners went their separate ways. You know, um, and on the PJ side of things, Started focusing
0: more on the BOB project, and then the BOB project took off, and then boom. Okay, so That's, I I have to stop you right there. We, quite
1: nutshell.
0: I, I have to stop you right there because we do have to talk about a couple of things, and then I, you know, obviously we're, we're running close on time, but I think that it's important to talk about this, and especially okay. from the perspective from your perspective. Um, I, I, I think it goes without saying, and I think that you know. And I've been, you know, fairly public about um, about my feelings towards TJ. Um, We didn't always have the greatest relationship. We still don't. Um, He I know he is. uh, He has caught wind of my book where I I didn't I didn't speak in the the highest of regard about him because there's a certain way that I feel like men should treat men. And just because I'm younger than you or, you know, you have accomplished a certain amount of things that, that, that there's not you know, we're, we're not above being respectful to each other. And I didn't feel like he was always respectful to me, but I'm sure he felt the same way Uh about me and some of my approach. Um, I guess, I I guess what I want to ask you is two things. Number one, as it relates to to our interactions with each other, what you may know of, um, do you feel like I could have handled that situation differently? And then also as it related to, you know, the situation with you guys parting ways, you know, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, I side with you. And I took, you know, what I felt like he did to you personally. Um, can you can you kind of speak to that, where you guys are now, what what your relationship is is now, you know, after, you know, post-TJ's DJs? Well, um, I just ran into TJ really like
2: two weeks ago. Okay. Over, just over a classic weekend. Uh, and when I met him, you know, we, we got each other up and had you know, a quick laugh about a couple of inside jokes and, you know, kept it moving. Um, I will say this. You know, when I first met TJ, the very first thing he told me was, that, hey, I'm an asshole. You know, if you can deal with that, you know, we can make some good things work. And I was like, all right, well, I've dealt with assholes before. All right, I'll rock with it. See how I do. And then, you know, that work went on for 14 years. And through those 14 years, there, there were a lot of great things that took place. There were some not-so-great things that took place. You know, but at the end of the day, I'm in the place that I'm at for the reason that I am, and there's a reason why. So I can't really say, you know, the things that I went through with TJ were for the better or for the worse, but I went through them, and, you know, he and I are are cool, you know, but at the same time, you know, I I personally feel like I have to focus on myself and my energies and and put them in a positive direction so I can better my life and those around me, and that's the only thing I can focus on, and, you know, uh, I'm grateful to TJ for the opportunity that he presented to myself, you know, and, and, but I also know that I put in a lot of time, effort, and work to make, you know, the Empire happen as well. And, you know, mm-hmm. so be it. Uh, if nothing else, I have some great stories out of it. And, you know, I, I'm still here kicking and alive, and I have no, Nah,
1: and I, I'm fulfilling
0: my destiny. That's something I can focus on. Right, and I, I guess I guess it's always important for me to address that, and that's something that I always wanted to talk to you about. Because when I heard uh, about that, I was out of the industry. Like I, you know, I had pretty much gotten out and had had gone the route of getting the regular job and that kind of stuff. And I took that very personally because when when he did that to you, I had a flashback of the day that I that I first met him. And he was sitting in a gold, like a gold sedan. I think it was a Sebring or something that he had. And yeah, I extended Sebring. my, I extended my hand to shake his no, hand. No, 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 it wasn't a Sebring. I
2: had a Sebring. He had um, the 300. Okay. the, the, the 300 class. Right.
0: There. But I, I went to shake his hand and all he did oh. was play on his phone and he would not make eye contact with me. And, you know, my father was, my father was a certain type of, was a certain type of man. I mean, he was a man that I respect. I respect now to this day. And Uh that, that left a a sour taste in my mouth. You couple that with the fact that we were young kids, you know, Roger and I were young kids and Roger was the sort that let's just, let's just do what he asked us to do, that kind of stuff. And I was like, no, we businessmen at the end of the day. And I knew I rubbed him the wrong way the day that he came to us and asked us to promote for something. And I asked to be paid Uh for it. Ever since then, hey, yeah, we had a problem. Worry, and I asked to be paid for it. And, and okay. after that, we always seemed to have a problem. Like, I was not his favorite person. Anytime I would come into office, <laughs> he, would, he would have to speak to me. You know, stuff like that. And he would wait until I was gone and uh-huh. say stuff to Roger about, oh, you know, does he have to come up here? Did you need him for something? Like, that kind of stuff. And I just thought that... You know, like like that I didn't you you stand that. up for yourself. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'm T J Chapman, I'm fucking more important than you. It's like, no, you know, not you a nigga just like me, but you know, like that that you know, so when he did that to you and you had done so much oh. for us and our team I mean, you're the reason why New Blood really was what it was in a lot of ways. I mean, there's a lot of people that contributed to us, so I don't wanna, you know, belittle anybody. I mean, there's people like rest in peace Skipper Chuck, who literally gave us our first shot. Oh, my God. Little boy. Bomb, bomb. Yeah, Bomb Bomb. You know, the original Bomb Bomb. Like I mean, I feel like that's the Bomb Bomb even before bigger ranking, but you know, whatever. Um uh. I mean, little boy carrying his crates into the late night library when he was nineteen and I was twenty something years old at the time, but you know, um, You know, just just stuff like that. But but your willingness to take us seriously. You took in two of two of our my business partners in as, you know, really tight relationships, you know, in what you guys were doing. So there's there's a tremendous amount of, of history and relationship there and your willingness to do all of what you did for us when you didn't have to. And to see TJ do what he did to you. I took that very personally. Probably, maybe maybe some people would say a little bit more than I should have, but I, I took it very personally for you. <laughs> like, you know. well, I
2: appreciate that. And don't, don't get me, don't get it wrong. You know, I had to do some soul searching and, you know, I took good at my transition process.
1: Mm-hmm. But, you
2: know, at the end of the day, you know, if that, if that diversion did not take place, I wouldn't have been on the road working for ACOMS for, my, uh, for myself, mm-hmm. So two tours with him. He called me the most valuable member of his team. Right. You know, that felt that's, that's great. I might not have been able to go to Paris with my brother and see, you know, Serena play at Wimbledon. You know, I might not have been able to go to Amsterdam and hang out with my brother and you know, enjoy that for the first time. You know, I, I might not have been able to go see my niece, you know, uh, be born. You mm-hmm. know, I might not have been able to go hang out and go to you know, Fenway Park and sit on the Green Monsters. You know what I mean? So uh, there are a lot of things that what if could have had, should have been. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, you can go crazy think about all that. The only thing you can do is focus on your lane. Yeah. And right now, I feel very blessed. be in a situation where not only do I have the knowledge, the resources, as well as the connection, I have the ability to be anyone and however I want to be in life, and if I focus on that, then everything else is still falling into place, and I'll I'll be all right. Right. I'm good, you know what I mean, like right now, I'm working with DJ Little Boy, we just came off of a community event, Hype of the City, the third year in a row, you know, and what's good about it is that we're providing opportunities for young adults and kids to be able to get on stage and do their thing. And I don't, you already know, if kids don't have outlets, then they get bored. And when they're bored, bad things happen. Yeah. You know, so we allow these kids to use the stage as a way of staying in school, as a way of uh, making money for themselves, as a way of understanding, like, this is a business and this is how you need to treat yourself. Right. You know, and they, as a the program, they have to be in school. They can't get in trouble. You know, can't be on drugs, can't be out on the corner. You know, they have to go to the studio put work in, you know, before they even come on stage. Right. So and they treat it so seriously it's this point now where we had a high school dropout and now he's back in school. Right. You know, we have Good another one that um yeah, right. And now we have another one that, you know, he created his own T shirt business with his logo. You know, and he's making enough money where he's about to go to T C C at the top of the year. Okay. You know, and you know, things like that are a blessing to me. And, you know, we were we was covered by ABC, C B S, the Democrats, you know, everybody showing love to it. You know, it's to the point where the schools love us so much. They just basically, you know, figuratively give us the keys and let us do what we need to do because they know that the kids are going to have a great time, going to be a safe environment, and at the same time, they're going to learn something. And you got to love that. Oh, and we're making a fundraiser for the school. You've got to love that.
0: Cool. You well, know? before we uh, go. In the meantime. <laughs> oh, man, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I was going to say, also, too, you know, we're still
2: able to do overseas tours, you know, set up Australia runs, you know, set up going overseas, you know, uh, my man just came back from Jamaica, we set up a residence in Costa Rica, you know what I mean, so, we're, we're making moves, and we started to launch an online radio station today, you okay. know what I mean, so, it's just, uh, right out radio hashtag, it's yeah, right radio yeah, radio I was about to say, what
0: was was the, what's the, what's the, what's the radio station, know? yeah, okay, Okay. And
2: not to mention the strategic partnerships. we've got them DJing at Universal Studios, you know, he was uh, the head DJ for One Spark in Jacksonville that had
1: um, over 300,000 people there. Yeah. You, know, he, you know, we're doing our thing,
2: and it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And Is he still working with Payne, too? Focus on ourselves on our project. Is
0: he still working with Payne? Yeah. So he's working with Payne, but he's in the
2: same situation where, you know, he was working with somebody for so long, and it became very clear that at some point or another you're going to have to...
1: Build on your own brand, right? I got you. Doing. You know, there's, there's no, you know, there's love there. You don't have to get split, you know. He and P. Pain basically grew up together as brothers,
0: yeah. You
2: know, um and there's, there's a lot of love still there. But at the same time, little boy realized that he has, he wants to build his own reputation and his own name, and his own brand. Yeah, and, and, he, and he's been like a that. brand a
0: long time. Like even, even from when he was doing the teen parties back in 2004. I mean, I, that that was that was building the brand within itself. And that grew right. and it grew and it grew through through blazing and, and all of that kind of stuff. And I think that there was maybe some right. years that were taking off and focusing on helping T-Pain, Fahim, if, whatever you want to call him, advance his advance his career. So I, I could totally understand right.
2: that. So I, I guess you're correct. I should say reestablish stuff because I have to be on the road for 10 years straight at some point or another when you build a brand for so long and you let it go for 10 years. It, when you come back, it, you have to reestablish yourself. Okay. That we end up DJing at the fair. That was the first time we've ever had a DJ at the fair. I uh, got my man walked in on that. You know, it's just we're just building such high quality and a high, strong, uh, quality of name again, and nice. it's, it's a beautiful thing. And we have some other things on the horizon for 2017, it's going to be awesome.
1: Okay. You know, uh,
2: we're doing the capital city classic at the end of the year. You know, what I mean, it's, 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 it's a lot of love, man. You know, I'm very, i feel very fortunate that he and I, going back to our, our very first uh, conversation, you know and I, I mean, serendipity. And being with him, working with him is very ambitious. I just happen, like you said, you know, if if whatever happened, me and TJ would never have had a chance to, to do this. And I love where I'm at. I love doing what I'm doing. And, you know, whatever it is will be. They love me, as right. my father likes me. Right, right, right. You know, and all and thing I can do is
1: focus on myself and continue building myself and, and supporting those around
0: me. Right. So before we go, and, I, and, and Keith, I want to thank you so much for this opportunity. We definitely got to do this again because there's tons of stuff that we missed. I mean, talk, like, yeah. I want to talk about, you know, uh, you know, homecoming 2004 when mm-hmm. TI's urban legend comes out. I, I want to talk about, oh, you know, some of right. the interesting, interesting moments that have taken place. In uh in the conference history, man, um you know some of the crazy things that I know that we both both seen just kind of living and residing in Tallahassee, you had the opportunity to kind of interact in the Pat Nix era. Um, so those are things that I'm sure oh, man, we'll talk yeah. about again at, at a later date but before we go I've got four questions for you you know it doesn't have to be too terribly long just just kind of give just four things that I think are valuable for an industry personality or, or, or professional like yourself that that people might want to hear a perspective from on you so the first question is who provided you with the greatest piece of advice in life and what was that advice
1: hmm.
2: and I, I, and, and it's hard for me to say that Because I receive advice from all around You know, I, I read a lot So I read 48 Laws of Power okay. So um, look, there's so many different Advices that are than in that You know, I get advice from every little situation um,
0: Anything that sticks, that sticks out lately, to you From lately, one person lately, Yeah, I mean, I that's cool
2: lately, yeah. lately, I would say that The one piece of advice I've gotten from Little boy himself You get know, a little boy told me, man you know, basically that In order to change your life You have to focus on your life and that's what I'm doing,
0: you know, mm-hmm. and, and for right now, that's something that is my main motivating thing is
2: changing my life. i focusing on all my life and that's what
0: I'm doing. Okay. So that's what I'm doing. Okay. The most slept on artist in your
2: opinion and why? Slept on artist. Mm-hmm. What so, genre? You say what?
0: What genre? Let's go with hip hop since people are probably going to connect you mostly with hip hop.
2: <laughs> um...
0: Chris. Okay. Okay. I can I respect do. that. <laughs> I do. You know? Like,
2: you know, that dude is magical, man. Like, you know, when he gets on the record, man, it just kills you, dog. Yeah. And, and the thing about it is that he makes, what do you call it? Soul? Soul hip-hop? Soul right. music? Yeah. You know, I don't know exactly. I don't want to top up his branding terms or whatever, but, you know, when he comes on the mic, man, he just has a way of just making you just vibe. And he's the closest thing he reminds me of outcast. And I, I just always love that. Hip-hop with a purpose. With, with that you can lie to You know what I mean and that's one of the reasons Why I is one of my favorite groups Of all time Right You know um, I, I, I love them that, That's my soundtrack To my life Cool Going all the About the Southern
0: Playlist Cadillac music <laughs> Okay Number Indeed. three People uh, Who's a person in the industry That you admire And why
2: I admire a lot of different people For different reasons You know I love Diddy uh, for showing me the power of the internship that you can start off not getting paid but still get the best benefits in the world. Um, I, I, I have so much respect for Sean Carter as well as Jay Z, but Sean Carter, particular, mm-hmm. um, I, I love the way that I know he knows,
1: what you mean by that. You know, <laughs> you know
2: um, Beyonce is killing it on the on the business side of things. I love how, of course, she's laid. You know, uh, she kills it. Mm-hmm. Um, Tj, you know, Tj put me on and to a lot of different things, and without him, you know, I would not have had a lot of experiences that I did have, and I'm thankful and grateful for that. You know, um, let's see, yeah, I, I see a lot of. I've learned one of. I, this is what I've learned to like. You know, you can learn one or two things from every situation, to everyone you ever come across, how to do it right and how to do it wrong. And when you go ahead and see the situation, and you figure out what you like from that situation, you take from that, and you leave the stuff that is bullshit or is negative. And, behind because that's
1: stuff that drags and if you hold on to
2: that negativity you'll never be able to float you'll never be able to rise because you have all these rocks
1: in your
2: back okay or if you want
1: to take it to erica Badu, you could
0: be a bad lady you know be able to get it to <laughs> definitely
1: definitely,
0: definitely. <laughs> so my final question for you is if you had to write uh-huh. the words on your tombstone um, you know, the words that are going to define how you're remembered by by everybody
2: on this side
0: after you're gone. Uh, what would you write? What would you want them to say?
2: Hmm. Well, it's probably because I'm how to pay by the character,
1: you know. <laughs> okay, we're gonna operate this like it's unlimited, like however you <laughs> what
0: what what you feel like would be okay, yeah, that that that's that's the great way to for Keith Kennedy to to leave it off.
2: the my, my soul. Look at you with in the Invictus
0: <laughs> I can't do nothing but respect <laughs> that man, you know? so Keith I Keith, again man I want to thank you so much for this opportunity we're gonna have to do this again because there is so much that we left out man but um, before we go again um, you got any kind of any projects that you have coming up how can people get in contact with you if uh, hell if there's a young person listening to this that maybe is looking for a mentor even if you ain't got full time to do it maybe you could provide them with a couple of uh, a couple of tidbits of information how can people reach out to you get in contact with you and be informed on some of the stuff that you have going on all
2: right so first off i'm a big believer in somebody helped me to to raise me over the wall the least i can do is reach back to help the next one i'm a huge believer in that as well as it takes a village because it's very true and i'll be wrong if i receive this information and not pass it down to the next generation so that's why i'm putting it all in a book that way you go back and rewrite it reread it you know do what you need to do with it called rule to the game and it's coming up soon and that's why my major project that's going to start off 2017. I'm very excited about it. Um, and I also have College Day of Swiftly Pass, which is going to be coming out as well, which is kind of like a semi autobiographical tale of my exploit coming up in the music industry. So, really excited about both of those projects in 2017. Also, working with DJ Lil Boy, um, LB uh, Productions, man. We're doing some great things, especially with these, these kids and uh, helping them understand that there's a better way. You don't always have to be a rapper or a trapper. In order to make money, but you can also do a lot of different things behind the scenes. So you know, it's a beautiful thing. So holler at me. I'll be more than happy to talk to anybody about future business, or you know, just to go ahead and, and, and talk. I get inspired by so many different people, so many different ways, and I'm very thankful to all of the beautiful friends and fans that have out there that show me love, and I thank you for that. So you want to book me? You want to bring me to your location so we can have one-on-one conversations, or you want to speak to our students, or you know, whatever. I'm down. So hit me eight five zero. 94 8421 Again, it's 850-294-8421. Hit me on the social media at KeithK926. Again, K 926 And I thank you, Brandon, for allowing me to be on the call with you. Um, I, I, it was very exciting of me, to me when you wanted to speak to me. You know, I've always valued your hard work and the way that you come up in the game and, and take in these lessons and, and, and maximize your opportunities. And it's a beautiful thing. So I appreciate mm-hmm. you letting me be a part of it.
0: Thank you so much Keith Kennedy guys So there it is man I mean the first episode is in the books man I hope that you guys Gained some knowledge about the music industry Got some insight on what it was like To be a member of the music And entertainment industry in the late 90s early and mid 2000s and what it was like to be at those music conferences and of course uh, Keith and I will continue to talk um, I'm sure we'll have plenty of interviews in the future just to get an opportunity to sit down and discuss some of those things in far more intimate detail like I was saying in the interview there's some things that that, that we did not get a chance to really talk about and really delve into like the experience of the 2004 Homecoming and uh, TJ's, DJ's, the music conference, tying in with all of that. And Urban Legend, T.I.'s, what I personally think is one of his best albums of, of all time. Um, just uh, what that experience was like being a part of that energy and getting some perspective on some of those great stories that I'm sure Keith has to tell. So we'll definitely come back. We'll get an opportunity to discuss those things again. But this is just a sample of what Established 1984 is going to be about. It is about honesty, transparency. It is about keeping it real, keeping it 100 because we didn't sugarcoat shit. I mean, you saw me say how I felt about TJ and Keith spoke on how he felt about him. And those are the type of people that would be on a podcast like this. They want to be the I want the sort of people on this podcast That can uh, be transparent and honest about how they feel about things. Don't try to run from it uh, because they're concerned about what, uh, what the public eye is going to say or how they feel. We're just gonna keep it a buck, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm excited to to bring all of this to you guys. I appreciate anybody who has taken the time out to listen. Again, if you um if you're listening to this podcast, please go follow me on all my social media platforms, uh, Instagram at Brandon Kobe Jacobs, Snapchat, uh BKJ E S T 1984. Just type in my name on Facebook. I'll come right up because shit, I'm popping. Ah. Um you can hit me up on there. Um all of the SoundCloud stuff, obviously, it'll be SoundCloud.com, and all of it will be Brandon Kobe Jacobs because, I mean, that's just how I roll. So you'll be able to get this on SoundCloud. You'll be able to get this on Instagram. No, I'm sorry, Galley. You'll be able to get it on iTunes. So you'll get an opportunity to be able to get it on those two platforms. If there's another platform that works better for you. Um, if there's something that you know that uh, other listeners may uh, gravitate towards, please feel free to shoot me a line. Hit me up on my email, Jacobs at gmail.com. Give me some perspective. I'm looking to learn. So if sound quality needs to go up, let me know. I want to know what you guys think. If you have questions, if you have comments, if there's a topic that you feel like I should address, I'm here for it. I'm here for anything that you guys want to do because at the end of the day, I'm presenting this to the world in an effort to try to, you know, excite you guys and give you guys a perspective from from my point of view. So thank you guys so much for listening to the first episode. Get ready for the second one because uh, Mr. Girl will be on the second episode of Established 1984. That's right. We'll have Grand Prix on the second episode of Established 1984. Until then... Keep it all the way a buck. Keep it all the way 100. And just remember, I am your boy, Brandon Kobe Jacobs from Facebook. Nigga, please say the Facebook. If you can't say the Facebook, don't say it at all. You say the whole thing like a pimp named back. you say it all together like a tribe called Quest. Holla
1: at me, nigga. Peace, guys.